0: Welcome to a very unscripted version of Anglican, Unscripted, episode 626.
1: I'm Kevin Coulson. And I'm George Conger. Today's October 23rd, 2020.
0: All right, welcome to the program. Before we get started, obviously, like the program... Give us a thumbs up. This isn't Cisco and Ebert. You can't give us two thumbs up, but uh, well, you could. If you went to Facebook and YouTube, you could click the thumbs up on both. Subscribe to the program if you're not subscribed yet. You do that on YouTube. Uh, leave comments. You guys are the best comment levers. Levers. Levers? Commenters ever and uh, uh, we really appreciate you taking time to let us know you watch the program and your thoughts on the topics we've been talking about. It's really important. This is a very unscripted unscripted. Uh, George and I only had a couple minutes to do a pre-show. I have to haul the RV out of the current park. We're re- relocating to a new location today. And uh, Ranger Rick's going to be here in about uh, an hour, making sure this place is empty. So I got to do a show and, and haul up all within the hour. So we, I don't want to seem rushed. I, I do want us to talk about the topics, but George and I have not had a good time to talk about this pre-show. So this, this is kind of like the pre-show. Yeah. And... If you've been paying any attention to Christian news or religious news over the last uh, 48 hours, uh, you would say all hell has broken loose in the Roman Catholic church, in the Christian church, in the evangelical church. It's just crazy out there. And this this is an exclamation point on 2020, of course. Wouldn't it be cool if Jesus came really, really soon just to, to redeem 2020 in some way, shape or form? But uh, we'll have to see that. We're going to save Pope Francis for the last story. Before we get to that, um, we have a rescheduled Lambeth. 2020 has been scheduled to Lambeth. 2022, the journey.
1: Uh, What's the story there, George? The uh, Archbishop of Canterbury and the Lambeth Corporation, which is the holding company they formed to... uh run the Lambeth Conference has announced dates for July in 2022, two years out and they've also given a rough uh, idea of what it'll look like and they have morphed the Lambeth Conference into a gathering of bishops for mutual aid, uh, counsel, and uh, discussion of the great issues of the day into an extended graduate school conference slash clergy training event so uh, we had our diocese of central florida clergy conference where we had these earnest speakers come and tell us how to be nice to uh welsh lesbian trade unionists in wheelchairs how to welcome them into our church and you know taught by people who have no actual success in building churches, who have no actual pastoral (laughs) ministry to speak of. We're told how how to fix the world by the experts from the head office. Uh, That's what's going to happen at Lambeth 2020. So we're going to have English academics tell African evangelicals how to grow their church. Uh, We're going to have uh, classes on safeguarding. In other words, all the things that the Church of England is a f- utter fiasco at. Failure. Like church growth, <laughs> safeguarding, <clears throat> media relations, all the stuff <laughs> that they do really, really poorly. We're going to have these earnest... Uh, I, The image that comes to my mind are these blue-bottle flies that buzz around... Uh, the dead animals that we have yes, here. Right. Kevin when you get Blizzard. to Florida you'll see the armadillos <laughs> no. and the deers and the coyotes lying by the roadside who got hit in the night and they're all covered with the blue bottle flies. Well the blue bottles will be at Lambeth 2022 telling people, uh, telling their betters how to do a better job. That's right.
0: I mean it, it is sad at this point. It, the Church of England is in utter failure. Um, it, the last dozen years have shown that Every innovation they have tried has failed and they would love to bring those innovations to the Anglican Communion as a whole and, and in large part they're doing so.
1: Well and now to be fair they're not all English they have some Canadians. Um, the chairman of the conference is Tabo Makoba, the head of the Art Diocese of Cape Town mm-hmm. and South Africa is one of the few if probably the only African province that's in rapid decline that has a massive corruption problem that is in bed with the African National Congress government uh, on most levels. So in other words the the one uh, unrepresentative African Archbishop is the of course the token Archbishop in charge of the uh, the show. Yeah. I it, It's it's like saying Josiah Dawu-Faron the Uh, General Secretary of the Anglican Consultative Council. It's like claiming he is representative of Church of Nigeria opinion. Well, I don't think so.
0: Uh, I remember when I was at the last Lambeth and I was hanging out with, I would call a liberal reporter from the BBC and we're in the press uh, area doing our stuff and I had just gotten there and I've never been to a Lambeth. I'm fresh out of America and he goes, you want to go see a circus? what says come on come on come on come on and mind you he's on their side and he takes me to the exposition exhibition hall or where they have all the books and all the reading and stuff and all the uh, uh, the wares you can buy sell and pins and stuff like that and all the uh, um, people who are there to be activists have their tables and it really was a circus of all these colors and ideas and fluffliness and um, people dressed in in strange costumes and uh, two or three wearing drag it just it, it is what it is okay and I'm like to the BBC guy you support this no but it's good news okay well I get you it is employment you know you and I as Anglican reporters will have employment in the Anglican news industry forever That applies to Roman Catholic reporters now too but we're not going to get there because we do need to move into some serious news. Lambeth isn't. Uh, We do have some new Archbishops George. Uh, Hong Kong and Singapore?
1: Well Singapore Titus Chung is the new Bishop. He's not the Archbishop of the province but Titus Chung is a great addition to the uh, Global South uh, GAFCON fold. Um, I think he's the former Dean of the St. George's Cathedral there if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. but that's somebody who I expect to see is to be a uh, voice in the future dublations of the wider communion. The new uh, uh, Archbishop of Hong Kong, the the province, I believe is Andrew Chan. I'll need to look that up. But uh, he is very different from his predecessor, uh, Paul uh, Kwong, in that, the current man is a tool of the Communist Party in Peking. Mm-hmm. He is a member of government bodies, he says we have nothing to fear from martial law, obey the security forces, let's be good Chinese first and Christian second. The uh, new Archbishop who is uh, remains the Bishop of Eastern Kowloon, uh, Hong Kong is three devices, East Kowloon, yes, West right. Kowloon, Hong yeah. Kong Island and the missionary district of Macau uh, he has penned letters supporting uh, democratic protests but he's also penned letters denouncing violence and they've basically elected someone who is going to consciously be apolitical. He's going to try to find a way not to ape- uh, I'm reading his mind now. Okay. going <laughs> to I, was gonna say, I not, He has
0: not written this down anywhere but from what we can tell-
1: I am reading his <laughs> mind and the ways I'm getting <laughs> now, based on pra- past practices, my supposition is that he's going to find a way to maintain the independence and integrity of the church by avoiding paths of direct confrontation. Mm-hmm. We have Cardinal Zen, the former Archbishop of Hong Kong, the Roman Catholic Archbishop, who is in direct confrontation with the Hong sure. Kong church yeah. and then as, as are some uh, Protestant leaders and then we have some leaders like the former Archbishop Anglican of Hong Kong who are totally in bed with communists and then the others are like well let's try to find a way not to upset our political masters while at the same time be faithful Christians. So he's going to have a really tough job.
0: Well he is because we're just years away from China making him a a bunch of martyrs And they have no trouble making political murders are they are they willing to uh, visually uh, make uh, Christian murders and I would I would keep this new Archbishop in your prayers uh, because it is a hard road to be in the middle line between evil and good.
1: The things that we're seeing out of China by some of the Chinese expatriate Mm. ministry groups uh, because they can't say this if they're in China (laughs) but you know, in in northern China, the local communist uh, the government leaders have said no children may attain church. Everybody going in church into a church has to be photographed or filmed, and you have to be identified as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have this job if you're a Christian. You can't uh, get you can't go to university if you're Christian. Uh, you cannot, in other words, the, the in some parts are more active. Uh, crosses are being taken down from churches. Uh, external crosses uh, inside churches. Uh, pictures of the new uh, of the Communist Party uh, General Secretary Xi are be- replacing pictures of Jesus and Moses and the saints. Uh, the Ten Commandments will, have been withdrawn in many Chinese churches because the government finds them offensive. Because the first commandment is not "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." it's love and obey the party with all your mind, soul, heart and strength. Hmm. That has not hit Hong Kong yet but the government in Peking has made it very clear that they want Hong Kong to be indistinguishable uh, socially and politically from the rest of China but preserve its economic powerhouse to provide cash for the Chinese economy. Now how the government's going to manage that I don't know and how the Christians in Hong Kong are going to be able to square the circle i don't know
0: <laughs> it's hard to say. okay let's move on to pope francis news and before we get too far we need to really identify that pope francis is allowed to have allowed to have a personal opinion he can say things and it doesn't instantly become dogma um which is really important to me as a capitalist last week he or two weeks ago he wrote the 2D fruity paper uh, you know, throwing out capitalism and saying it was an evil economy and it was no way to run a country, and uh, that to me is more concerning than what he just said with the uh, uh, same-sex issue. But uh, Pope Francis, in an inter- interview for a documentary, said, uh, and I'm summarizing here: same-sex people need to be able to have a family, and summarizing again, the best way to do that is to offer them civil unions. And we don't want them to be
1: unhappy or thrown out. Uh, Kevin, you and I have had children. Yep. And have you ever experienced Christmas Day afternoon? Oh <laughs> the morning, their children are excited, uh, joyous, they have all their new toys, and they've played with them all, and they're bored at yep. like 2 o'clock. And they play in the boxes, yes. And they're not happy anymore. <laughs> Uh, The pursuit of happiness, uh, it may be an American political ideal, but it is not a gospel imperative. Um, First, where do we start with Francis? Well this is not new in the sense that when Francis was Archbishop in Argentina, he supported the government's plan to introduce civil same-sex unions, partnerships. Mm -hmm. So he's not changed his mind there. He's kicked upstairs to the Vatican, and he has said some stuff in informal statements that uh, continue these this line of thinking. But at the same time, he's uh, cracked down on homosexuality in seminaries and things of that nature. So he's giving mixed messages. Uh, where's the sort of base level? John Paul II and Benedict have spoken clearly and succinctly on same-sex civil union saying the church cannot bless behavior that they believe and see according to Christian unchanging Christian teaching is morally uh, reprehensible. Homosexual acts are contrary to God's divine law and contrary to nature. The Church of Cat- Roman Catholic Church has taught as have most Christian churches uh, even the Episcopal Church up, yeah, to, a a point. Point, <laughs> yes. up to a certain point Francis is now saying, we can suspend that in favor of a pastoral approach. So we're not going to, it's, I see, this is, well, 10 things I want to say, but let me tie it back into Anglicanism, because it's not my job to vote to, to bash the Catholics they there are plenty of people doing that to Francis right. this morning.
0: And, or, or defend them bash them we're just giving the news as an Anglican sphere here
1: and mine our news is Kevin and I think you can uh, illustrate this or push this even further is we've been there we've done that sure we have been through well yes the Bible teaches this yes church tradition is there but we need to find a pastoral accommodation. So we're not gonna change things. We're just going to change how we do this. And Francis has wants to introduce the pastoral option, which is how the Episcopal Church was one of the steps on its road to as the living as the Episcopal News Service says, to the complete collapse expected by the year 2050. Uh, you know, we've been here of I think, Kevin, you sent me an email uh, with a topic saying, Francis the Anglican. Uh.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if the Anglican community wanted to hire a director of marketing uh, and Pope Francis was that guy, you got it. I mean, this is this is great for the uh, people who don't want to be Roman Catholic Church or looking for an alternative... Uh, or think the roman catholic church was the best bet in town you and i have talked many times uh, there is no perfect denomination there is no uh perfect church the orthodox are out there oh we've never divided uh-huh check your history again you know i just like it uh it, it just it, it's ridiculous to think that there's a perfect denomination out there and, and there's not because they're all led by humans and humans are full of failures um, and this is a perfect example of a person who says i have to be able to make people happy it's a gospel imperative to be happy and global happiness is is new as democracy george um there's been extreme poverty in this world uh since day one for the fifteen thousand years up until maybe uh 320 330 years ago Where we started to see some uh, industrial economies start to take up beyond agriculture, so you weren't completely wiped out of drought. And you know, there was a time where there could be something attainable of joy and happiness, other than what we see uh, in this heated society now. But George, if if that's your goal, if your if your goal is happiness, you're going to sink this church.
1: Yeah, and Francis has said what I'll call some screwy things in the past few weeks that would make- would if I were a Roman Catholic, which I'm not- I don't think will ever be- uh, would cause me great concern. One, he's basically said that the, the economic model that has lifted people out of poverty uh, for the first time in history, mm-hmm. uh, that has created unprecedented wealth. The actual- the global uh, level of poverty have been falling rapidly. Not because of government intervention, not because of handouts, not because of anything like that but because of the market economy. People are lifted out of poverty. A rising tide lifts all boats. Yes, we now have billionaires the way we used to have millionaires but we don't have uh, the massive poverty that we once had. There's still poverty. Mm-hmm. I see it every day in my work. Sure. But I deal with people who uh, need, you know, f- come bring food and they're driving up in their car with a cell phone and they want food. Now, a hundred years ago we, when we had poverty or 50 years ago or 25 years ago, it, it's relative. A, a cell phone is a necessity. A big screen TV is a necessity. A car is a necessity and we'll still go to the food bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's the thing. Second, he has thrown out the whole basis of the peaceful international order that has reigned since the Second World War more or less yeah. which is the just war theory that the military is can be used for moral good purposes, that nations have a right to defend themselves, that there's can be peace through strength. Um, Francis is uh, tossed aside that 1,500 years of just war theory in the church and now Francis again has tossed aside the uh, traditional church understanding of family, of the purpose of sexual intimacy, all the stuff that uh, John Paul did about the family and the body and sexuality and all the stuff that Cardinal Ratzinger has been pushing about. Francis says well that's nice but we still want people to be happy and we're not going to pay any attention to what we have taught for the last two thousand years. Now, of course, there are people over the moon about this, uh, but and then I get I subscribe to the various denominational news services, so the Southern Baptists had a press release and the Southern Baptists I think ever since John F. Kennedy have not been going hammer and tong against the Catholics being the whore, oh. Pope being the whore of Babylon. I mean no, has in up the modern recently. era <laughs> and they'll hardly never talk about the Catholic Church hmm? they're talking about the Catholic Church again teaching false doctrine uh we're back to the good old days again um hmm. and you know the Orthodox are going bananas and the Episcopal Church and the Methodists and the Lutherans are saying, oh, well, Francis, you finally see the light.
0: You, you are affirming us. You know, oh, I know. But but here's the reality. The Roman Catholic Church, and once again, this isn't dogma, this is just the Pope's opinion, but if he gets to appoint the Cardinals and he gets to uh, set up shop with uh, his appointees in leadership, the Roman Catholic Church will end up like the failed Episcopal Church, like the failed Church of England, like the failed National Lutheran Church, um, there, there's no place that offered happiness to their congregations that is surviving.
1: And I've, you know, I've been have been in this business long enough to know that if you preach to make people happy, if you preach to be popular, if you preach or set your way you operate your church in order to gain the acclaim of the crowd, uh, you may be popular today, but tomorrow you'll be yesterday's news.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The church is here to teach the unchanging world word of Jesus Christ, and to honor Jesus, to worship the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to serve our neighbor and serve our neighbor. It's not here to be a, an agent of the spirit of the world see this is this is I think the theme that we've been hitting the Church of England and the Episcopal Church and the other mainstream Mm -hmm. Protestant churches of being of being a uh, creature of the spirit of the age uh, of trying to be the church of what's happening now. Um, There used to be an English uh, writer uh, he would write on the telegraph named Peter Simple and uh, he had this uh, caricature of a bishop uh, oh I've forgotten his name whatever, he, he was the, uh, he had this sort of caricature of a bishop who was very modern and trendy and in the 70s and 80s it was so hysterically funny because it was so ludicrous. Well okay. now that's the norm. <laughs> you can no longer write. Peter Simple. Uh, Simple, if he were still alive and working with us, working, could not write what he's doing today because it could not be distinguished from the news.
0: Bishop of, Bev- Bishop
1: of Bevington. Go-getting Bishop of Bevington. That's right,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank God for it, Google.
1: <laughs> you know, go-getting Bishop of Bevington could could be the Bishop of Leeds today, or the Bishop of Buckingham, or the Bishop of Manchester, or the Bishop of Newark, or the Bishop of Atlanta, or the Bishop of Rhode Island. I mean it's hard to tell this. It It's no longer easily- you're no longer easily able to distinguish between humor and satire and sarcasm and reality
0: well that's just it i mean 2020 satire has become real fiction 1984 a fictional book needs to be put into the nonfiction section now you know it it, everything has just gone absolutely crazy but talking about allowing two people to have um, legal protections is fine My wife is a twin, and if she wanted to set up a business with her twin, she should have legal protections available to her by the government. Um, It doesn't have to be done on the same-sex level. Two people should be able to have tax benefits afforded to them, legal benefits afforded to them. um, And the problem is the tax system. The problem is the legal system. You don't have to make extraordinary uh, systems like civil unions or extraordinary marriages uh, to accomplish this you need to change the old ways we've been trying to uh, take the wealth from people for such a long time uh, if two sisters own a house one dies to pay the taxes they have to sell the house if they were if a husband and wife had the same it's just a transfer of ownership
1: well let's just take let's let's push this back into Anglicanism uh, uh, recently Anglican Inc ran a story about the church of Nigeria in the Igbo uh, Nigerian inheritance laws mm-hmm. there's the federal law and then there's local customary law in the Igbo uh, people which uh, uh, I don't want to be too specific because I forgot where they are in Nigeria I think they're in the southeast uh, the custom is that uh, when a man dies, his property goes back to, it only goes to another man, either right. his son or his brother or his father. It doesn't go to the wife. The wife is not allowed inheritance rights under Igbo traditional law. Well the federal Nigerian uh, governments, uh, if there's no will, if there's no will directing where the money goes, it automatically goes to the next male of kin cutting out daughters and a wife. Uh, the, the Church of Nigeria supported a campaign to change that law to allow daughters to equal in- to inherit equally as sons, um, upending traditional tribal customs. That's the same sort of issue we're talking about with uh, allowing uh, You know, England, the uh, example Michael Nazarelli put out an example a few years ago about civil unions. Why can't two elderly sisters with no other living relatives uh, who live together and share a home be treated as a civil partnership Mm -hmm. for inheritance and tax purposes, so that if one dies, the other is not forced to sell the home to pay the inheritance duties, but can have the same rights as a spouse? And well the argument is no well no can only be uh, someone other than a blood relative and this and that Um, but the issue was you know don't change the definition of marriage change the civil laws that rely upon the term of marriage and this is what the Nigerians have done uh, with uh, inheritance in that particular issue. There are ways to do this and there are ways to do it justly and lawfully. If you have uh, I believe you should be able to do whatever you want with, with your assets and not have the government favor one way of doing it over another unless there's a bona fide uh, reason. I mean, if, if you want to leave all your money to Antifa to and with the will codicil to blow up the world, I don't think that's a good thing. No. But, but I think people understand where I'm going with this. There well, should be the liberty of conscience in what you do with your things and not have the government penalize you.
0: One of the things my mom did was she set up a a trust, the Coulson Trust. And it's a way to get around uh, some of these strange laws because she lived in multiple states over time. She had assets in those states. And the only solution a lawyer could come up with was, well, the laws are working against you, but if we set up a a trust for you in a state you previously lived in, you can't set up this trust in this state that you're living now, but if you did it in a previously, state where your dad actually owned a farm we can work around all these crazy laws that are trying to take all your money and she was able to do that uh we'll see (laughs) they'll probably pass a law taking away that estate but that's just you know that's the craziness of the tax laws the laws are the problem Uh, not uh, we don't need to create these uh,
1: fake relationships to uh, change the law george yeah and For the church to adopt its policies to make people happy Mm -hmm. based upon faulty or illogical or unjust civil laws to change its eternal teachings on that basis I think is a terrible, terrible thing. Crazy,
0: absolutely crazy. All right, George, we've come up here on about uh, 30 minutes which is awesome. Our audience wants more, but we can't give it to them on Friday because well, I'm repositioning the RV to a cracker barrel tonight. Oh boy, what's for dinner?
1: huh I'm Kevin Carlson. And I'm George Conger, and you've been watching episode 626 of Anglican Unscripted.